Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And this show going to be a lot more upbeat than the last time we did a post-game show. Today, the Titans knocked off the AFC South Division rivals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-10. to The Titans improved to 9-4 and on the season. Denard, how are you feeling? I feel great. I mean, this is a beautiful day other than the rain. I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing well. I don't think we've had any rain up here in Tennessee over the last couple of days, so I, I hope uh, that gets by you here pretty quickly. I, I can't complain. A win's a win, especially whenever you win it by 21 points pretty decisively, and it was one of those games to where from the beginning the Titans were like, you know what, we're going to come out and as if someone kind of lit a fire under their ass and just and just rolled with it after what happened this past weekend. They came out, the defense played well, the offense played well. There were a few hiccups here and there for the offense, but overall I thought it was a very good performance for the Titans to kind of get back in the win column. But before we dive into everything, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. The spread was seven and a half, so if you thought the Titans were going to come out and whip the Jaguars, well, you certainly were right, and uh, that was a good way to make some money. If you also thought Derrick Henry was going to rush for over 100 yards, another good way to make some money, seeing as he put up uh, 215. Pretty good day for him, but I, hey, uh, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Denard, as we kind of get into this show, obviously recap what happened. But I know a lot of people are starting to turn their attention to what this means for playoff implications. So we'll definitely kind of look at where things stand in the AFC playoff race, what it means for the Titans. But as we take a look at this decisive win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a team that the Titans knew they would be able to beat, beat them earlier in the year, but Jacksonville has been reeling ever since really week one, whenever you look at it. I mean, they've, they've lost 11 straight now, but Denard, from this 31 to 10 win for the Titans, what was your key takeaway? Well, the takeaway was this, is that they just came out on fire from the start to the finish, and that's the way you have to play. Uh, last week, they looked like they were lethargic pretty much the whole game, and that is not going to equate into a victory. Listen, first of all, D, I got a shout out to King Henry. I will no longer refer to him as Derrick Henry. His new name will be King Henry or King Derrick. So anytime I'm mentioning or, or referencing to uh, Derrick Henry, I will refer to him as the king from here on out. Okay. I also prefer El Chactecito. 
I don't know if you've heard that one as well. It's a, it's a pretty good <laughs> you one got too. It, man. So, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, he had a hell of a performance. Twenty six carries, two hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns. It's an average of eight point three yards a carry in today's NFL. I don't care who you're playing; that's almost unheard of. Yes, and this is what I love about him. Two weeks ago, he reached a milestone. We talked about that eclipsing the five thousand yard mark, which he moved into fourth all time on the Tennessee rushing list, right behind some of the greats. So we talk about Earl Campbell. We talk about Chris Johnson. We talk about Eddie George. But today, he reached another milestone. Did you know that? I'm actually not aware of which one you're referencing here, Denard. Well, I'm referencing to a new one. Enlighten me. I'm going to enlighten you because I love when you look confused. And let me just say this. This is his fourth game with at least 200 yards rushing and two scores. Mm -hmm. He set an NFL record previously owned by three backs. Can you guess those three backs who previously owned this record? I'll give you $5 if you get this right. I'll and they're all in the off, Hall of Fame. I'll start off with Earl Campbell. Am I right off the bat? I'm not going to tell you until you Ooh, mention the three. Mention, mention three. Okay, Earl Campbell. I'll also throw in, uh, give me Eric Dickerson. And, oh gosh. Ah, uh, man, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I don't know, Emmett Smith. <laughs> Emmett Smith. Three great backs, but you were wrong on all three. Really? Mm. This is the three bad, backs. Bad look Check for me. this out. Yes. <laughs> the GOAT, and I'm not talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about the GOAT of all time, Mr. Jim Brown is number one, Mr. Cleveland Browns. Number two would be the great Barry Sanders, and number three would be LaDainian Thomason. Mm. So he passed some really great backs today. And he did it 25 miles outside of his hometown of Uly, Florida. What a wonderful way to go back home and celebrate your homecoming by becoming what? You just broke the record. Yeah. I mean, what another milestone. And the guy's only, what, 26 years old? Mm-hmm. So just I got it. Just a couple months older all, than I am. Just and, a couple months. And then, yeah. so I want to say congratulations to King, King D. But let me just check this out. Davey, let me tell you something. So when I was breaking this game down and I was checking it out, as a former defensive back, I I looked at this defense today and I was absolutely – I wasn't shocked, but the way that they played, the resiliency that they showed, it just showed me why I still got this team on at least they have a chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. Why? Because I said everything starts up front. And I truly believe that in order to win in this league, you got to have a great offensive line and you have to have a good defensive line. And today, Jeffrey Simmons was being Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford, and Derek Roberson, who has stepped up and played big in the absence of the great Jadavion Clowney, who's on IR. But listen, these guys play lights out. They absolutely dominated Robinson, McDermott, Linder, Ken and Jawan Taylor, this is where the this is where we won the game today on our offense and defense interior linemen. Congratulations, these big men. They don't get a lot of credit, and they play lights out today. So I want to say first of all, congratulations to the defensive line. Lights out, great performance, and you guys deserve to win this game today because you took it to their five. And hey, man, there's nothing more I can say about that. 
Yeah, it was really good to see them really come out and play well defensively. I mean, you got to the point where Jacksonville decided to go ahead and pull their starter, Mike Glennon, and put in Gardner Minshew just because nothing was happening. And, uh, I mean, I guess Gardner kind of gave them a little bit of a spark, was able to get them a touchdown late, their only touchdown of the game. But, or when I say late, midway, yeah, midway through the second half, or I guess third quarter, correct. Uh, the, the big thing for me, though, is, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this offense, and obviously it was, as you mentioned, with just Derrick Henry just being unstoppable, and it, it didn't seem like they could do anything to slow him down. I mean, his, he had a long of a 47-yard run, but still, whenever you can get 215 yards on just 26 carries, that's pretty remarkable. The, the big thing for me, Denard, is we're looking a little bit forward for Derrick, or King Henry is... We, yes. we shall refer to him. He has 1,532 yards rushing on the season. That is close, or at least 2,000 yards and getting that 2K range is within reach. Uh, right now, you have four games left on the season, and if Derek were to get, or wait, is it just three games left? Three games. Three games left. Sorry. Yeah, my math's a little off there. But, I mean, he's going to have to average around 150 a game. But with the defenses that he's going to have to play, I mean, it is it is possible. So, but, I mean, even with playoffs, I do expect him to reach that mark if they make it to the playoffs. But, again, that's just really incredible. The exact number, 156, is what he'd have to average over the last three games to get it. And uh, you got the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans remaining on the schedule. But whenever I'm looking at this defense, Denard, you kind of know what stat I always go to just to see if we had a good game or not. And Titans defensively held the Jaguars to only 5 of 14 on third down conversions. And I want to say three of those came on the first drive. So outside of that first drive, 2 of 14, basic, or I guess it would be uh, held them to 2 of 13 in that situation. My math's still off. I'm struggling today, buddy. That's okay. Uh, That's okay. It, yeah, it would have been like I think two of ten. But hey, I will take it. It's uh, really good to see them step up in that regard. But then you just saw the Titans kind of go ahead and show a little bit of trickery here or there. The flea flicker. Yeah. AJ Brown one handed grab in the end zone was beautiful. You then saw the fake punt where. Vrabel, I thought that was just like kind of a, a big disrespect to the Jaguars. You're, you're backed up pretty far into your own end zone or your own side. I think you're maybe at about the 30, and you just said, you know what, now we're going to go for it here. And Jacksonville didn't have an answer for it. Able to move the ball, uh, get the get the drive to continue. But uh, the Titans, uh, I would like to see them offensively do a little bit better on third down. We were only three of nine. And I know early they just kind of kept running with it, but hey, it's just you got to get nitpicky whenever you have a win this big. So I thought Tannehill was very efficient when you look at his stats 19 of 24, 212 yards, two touchdowns, only took one sack. So just seeing the team bounce back after what we saw last week was a breath of fresh air. And I'm, I'm just happy with that. Uh, Denard, your boy, I do want to give him a shout out, Steven Goskowski. Was yes. perfect. Yes. Extra say that points. again, please. He was perfect front of the day. I do want to say that was because I actually I felt very confident when he was up there because it was a fifty yarder. It was a fifty three yarder. Is what they, right. uh, they listed it as. But I, was like, half. I was like, man, if that's a forty nine yarder, I don't know if he's going to hit it. Uh, fifty. But, but he got the uh, the fifty three yarder, four four on extra extra points, and 
Uh, Brett Kern, I mean, we know how good he is. Uh, I just like talking special teams when they do so well. But he had four punts, all four down inside the 20. Uh, you can't ask for much better than that. So it's uh, it's just a good performance all around. And like I said before, having to see what we went through last week, this was just something that Titans fans were able to get a little bit of relief. And I know when we're talking about this team, people are like, yeah, it's the Jaguars. We should win. And, and we should. But they made sure to take advantage of every opportunity they had today. And I guess, Denard, is, is there anything else standing out from this game that you want to get into? Because I know I kind of had a couple of people be like, all right, so what's this mean for the playoffs? Kind of been looking into that. Is, is there any, I guess, just on this game, any closing thoughts you kind of wanted to get into? Yes. And I'm going to be a second, okay? No, so go for it, man. Me. Okay, good, take, because take I got a lot I need, need to get out. Okay, take good. All it may time. be a couple of hours, so I'm glad you said that. First <laughs> not of all, that I much, say not congrats. that much. No, no, no. I know, no, no. I know. But first of all, <laughs> thank you for giving a shout-out to Stephen Gostowski. I know how much you respect him and love him and admire him, and I deeply appreciate uh, the sentiments that you just showed to him. That means a lot to me. But first of all, what I want to say this is Malcolm Butler, you get, in the words of Corey Chavis, one of my favorite players, he was wowing today. He shadowed DJ Shark, who was a pro bowler last year, held him to just two receptions of 16 yards. And he had that big pick today. Looked beautiful. Played it just like you would teach a defensive back to play a ball. Went up and high pointed it on that post route. It was a great throw by Glennon. And actually, on that play, the next play, Glennon got yanked. But guess what? That wasn't Glennon's fault. That was just a great play by Malcolm Butler. He basically played lights out today, but the guy that started it all was a guy that you called out earlier in the season because you felt like he really wasn't making a lot of plays, and that's the Marshall KB Kevin Byard started on that third down and three when he broke up that pass for my boy LaVisca Chenault. That's what got it started. So I want to say in the back half, we've been on these guys all year. They've been up and down, but they play lights out. So the 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 defense – the, the Rashawn played great. The defense as a whole, I thought, looked good. And then I want to shout out to the offensive line. Yeah, we can talk about Derek Rushing for 200 and some plus yards, but let's just give it, let's give credit where credit is due. Dan Questenberry, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Dennis Kelly, and Michael Pruitt played a great game, and Jeff Swain showed up today. These guys played lights out. Every single one of these offensive linemen and the tight end, Michael Pruitt, Michael Pruitt, deserves a game ball. You know why? Because they were the ones who opened up the hole for King D today. If there's a there's about three plays I go back and I kid you not and I'm going to go through with the fans right now. Listen. Okay, and this is where Tennessee really took control of the game because it was 7 to 3 going into halftime. That's what was so crazy about it. It was actually a close game. But this is where I tell people go back into a game. I'm going to give you a place in the game where you can go back and say, okay, let me see what Denard talking about if he really knows his football. And let me just say to Arthur Smith, that's the way you call a game. This was what would I call a ground and pound game, which means this is the way they play Indy. They just basically lined up and say, I know you, you know me. If you can't stop it, well, I'm going to continue to run the ball the same way. That's exactly what they did. When this team plays like that, it's lights out for the opposing unit, and that's what happened. So I'm going to take you at a 7-3 in the second quarter with 2.44 left in the game. Okay, this is what Arthur Smith called up. Three runs. Okay, again, the score is 7-3 with 2.44 left in the second quarter. He calls three runs. Their first run is to the left. 
right behind Ben Jones, Saffold, and Quisenberry. Quisen Derrick got 10 to 15 yards before anybody touched him. There is a, there is a, if you look at that play on that first carry with 244 uh, left in the game, Jacksonville's defensive linemen are literally five to five to ten yards back. They drove those guys that far down before anybody ever touched Derrick. And then he comes right back to the right side again. Basically the same play. He just runs it to a different side. Derrick gets another five yards. And then guess what? On with 156 left on a third and one, he ran right to the right side, the same zone blocking scheme, man on man. Ran the same play right up the gut, and what happened? D took it all the way to the touch for a touchdown. And basically, that's the, the straw that broke the camel back with Jacksonville is that third and one because that that hole opened up like the Red Sea, and he was gone. There was nobody in his way. Wingard was the only – he was a safety that came down, took a bad angle. Derek basically eluded him. He didn't have a chance. And, man, I was just like, you got to be kidding. Gerard Harper – made a diving effort, but it wasn't able. He just showed his versatility, showed how fast he is. He's just not a big back. He's a complete back. I be, I try to tell people all the time, he's not one-dimensional. He's not just like this big, stiff, six foot three, 245 pound back. This man can do some damage with his legs. He reminds me so much of Eddie George, of Eric Dickerson. You know, these guys that are six foot three, we think of them as slow-footed. No, these guys are very versatile. They're very elusive. They can do things that little guys, these little backs like Emmett can do. And I'm not saying Emmett was little, but you know what I mean. He's not 6'3". So to watch that, to watch them go up 14 to 3, then they ended up basically putting another three because it was a bad defensive effort by Jacksonville. They gave Tennessee life. Tennessee basically ran two plays and kicked that 50-yard field goal. So the score was 17 to 3. Uh, going into the halftime, do you you realize that how the odds on you you seven to three going into half? You know, if you Jacksonville, you would take that. But again, that's the offensive line, that's the dominance that they showed today. So you got to give credit where credit is due to that offensive line. They were the ones who opened up those holes today. Derek was just the one who got through them. So congratulations, that was a heck of a call by Arthur Smith. He just basically said, "Listen, I'm going to run the same play: two to the left, one to the right." And that's exactly what happened. No, I mean, it, if you look at Arthur Smith's play calling, I mean, we've talked about it on multiple occasions here that it's just a matter of time before he gets a head coaching gig in the NFL. And uh, while he's here, might as well use him while he can. He didn't get too cute today. That's one thing I did like. You know, it's a, if it's a third and one, third and two, he's like, screw it. I'm just going to run it. We've seen him try to get try to throw some trickeration in there in situations yeah. where it's like, man, we know you can get the ball. You can get the first just by doing something pretty simple. But you really weren't in a situation where you really had to see anything super crazy happen. And I thought they did a really good job. I mean, you kind of talked about it a little bit there before the half, but just that style of play and where they're like, all right, we can still get into field goal range here. And uh, Mike Vrabel did a really good job with clock management. They had, I think it was a intentional grounding on Glennon, but yeah. they were able to uh, disregard the 10 second runoff, uh, keep a timeout, and they set it up perfectly to where. You know, with even five seconds left before they made the throw to, I want to say it was John. It was a tight end in that situation, but might have been Swain. Either Swain. way, Swain, yeah. okay. Get it to Swain, get down, call a timeout, boom, one second, kick the field goal, go up two touchdowns. And at that point, I was like, listen, the second half is Derrick Henry time. It's King Henry time. So I, I don't feel concerned about us not being able to hold off from there. Denard, as we kind of change our attention as 
I've been sitting over here just making sure, double crunching the numbers, trying to get everything into line. Right now, uh, a big game is taking place as we're recording this where the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Buffalo Bills. Both those teams are ranked uh, two and three in the current seeding of the playoffs. Uh, Pittsburgh can take back the number one seed with a win. Uh, They'll pass the Chiefs uh, just based off current tie-breaking procedures. But if you look at what's behind the Titans, they are currently tied at 9-4 and four with the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the Titans, the last time they played the Colts, they won, but the Titans right now have a better division record than the Colts do. Titans only have one more division game that's against the Houston Texans, and so that game is going to have a lot on the line because it's Week 17, and it could ultimately be for the AFC South as long as Indy keeps winning. When you look at the Titans' final three games, you have the Detroit Lions this coming Sunday, followed by the Green Bay Packers. Both those games, or sorry, the Lions game is at home. The Packers game is on the road for Sunday night football. So that is a primetime audition for the Titans. It's been a while since they've played on Sunday night. I think you got to go all the way back to week 17 of 2018, if memory serves me correctly there. but And then you, you take on the Houston Texans in Houston. So Titans, if they can go really two of one there, let's just say you, you get the ones that you based off record should win with the Lions and the, the Texans, you're sitting at 11-5. and five. If you're at 11-5, and five, you're going to be in the playoffs. I can just go ahead and tell you based off how everything is shaking up. The big game tomorrow, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. That game right now, Cleveland's at 9-3. and three, Baltimore is at 7-5. and five. For the Titans, best-case scenario is actually for the Browns to go ahead and get that victory. Uh, right now, I don't expect that to be the case, even though I, I don't know what it is. I just think whenever they play the Ravens, uh, Ravens always kind of seem to have their number. Maybe that changes. But if Cleveland goes ahead and moves to 10-3 and three, and the Ravens fall to 7-6, and six, that gives the Titans a little bit more of a cushion there. And as we know, with the Titans' overtime win against Baltimore, Titans would own a tiebreaker if it came down to playing or, or deciding who were to get a wild card seed with that regard. Miami also lost today to the Chiefs. Miami currently at 8-5, and five, so one game behind the Titans. That uh, could could play a role seeing how they move down the stretch. But again, everyone right now, the goal, win the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts, whenever you look at them right now, they're currently sitting at six as the sixth seed. Uh, their final schedule, they have this coming Sunday. They're hosting the Texans, followed by playing at Pittsburgh and then hosting the Jaguars. So they very easily could go two and one. You just never really know. I mean, it is any given Sunday. and I mean, the Texans, surely they're looking to bounce back after such a brutal performance in Chicago. I, I, I saw Deshaun Watson get hurt. I don't know what his status is moving forward, but if Deshaun Watson's out for a length of time, I don't expect to see the Texans win another game. But there's just a lot going on right now. I'll continue to look over some of these situations, and by the time we record for our preview of the Lions game, we'll know what have ha- has happened with the Browns, Ravens, and Bills Steelers. So that'll help clear some things out. A uh, really good formula if you ever just like to go and check around with, okay, well, if someone wins this game, what happens here for the who gets the six seed versus who would then slide into the five seed? Uh, the, but the ESPN playoff machine, really fun to move around with. And now with three weeks left, it is coming into a clearer picture. So that's always something I recommend if you just like doing that because you know me, I always 
Like, well, if someone wins this game, what happens here? It's just fun to play around with. But Denard, I mean, are are you feeling like the Titans are going to pull it out, get the AFC South? Well, it depends on which Titans team show up. Uh, will we get the team that showed up uh, at Nissan Stadium to play the Browns? Or will this be a team that showed up against the Indian- Indianapolis Colts? We don't know, you know. And this is what you do, okay? Remember, as I continue to harp on this word, or I alluded to it in the last podcast, this is the meat and potatoes part of the schedule. The way that it works right now, if you're Tennessee, you're not worried about nobody else but you, okay? And the way that you are able to put yourself in a position to succeed is to just go out and win. And what they have to look at, it, you got to look at it this way. If you're the Detroit Lions, when you come to town, those guys are going to fight you. Why? Because they're trying to salvage their careers and their jobs. Okay. That's what management is telling those guys in that locker room right now. If we catch any guy basically giving up or basically throwing in the towel, you will be out of here. So you will get their best. And when a team has nothing to lose, you can go out there and play free and play to win. And you're playing for right now a, a roster spot for next season. And you're also playing, if you're Daryl Blevins, you're playing for possibly a guy that can be your coach. The same thing with Houston. This is a dangerous team. Why? Because they have nothing to lose as far as getting in the playoff is concerned. But they have everything to lose when you talk about keeping your job. So if you if you coach Romeo Cornell, you're saying to yourself, listen, I'm playing to show the people in Houston in management that I'm head coach material, okay? So when you look at these games, you got three games left. If you're Tennessee, what you want to do is your only concern is to enjoy tonight, enjoy the way you play today because you play lights out. But your focus has to be on Detroit because if you play Detroit like you played against Cleveland, Matthew Stafford will light you up. That can happen. I continue to say this time and time again. There is no disparity in the National Football League. If you don't show up on Sundays, guess what? You saw how the Bills played, right? They didn't think Tennessee was going to have no team. They thought they was going to have to basically draft me and you to come out there and get in a uniform. And they weren't prepared. They weren't even prepared if we got out there and played. They didn't even show up, period. But that's what you got to do. You got to go in with the mindset. I don't care what Indy, I don't care about anybody right now. We got to take care of business. And the way that we do it is to take one game at a time. And that's the way you play. I I love Greg Williams. I know he's not right now the hottest thing because of what happened last week in New York, the Las Vegas and New York game and calling that zero coverage. But one of the things he used to tell us all the time, and he used to reiterate this every single week, that the most important game in the National Football League is the next game. It's it, the next game. That's the most important, and that's the way they have to take the Detroit Lions. It's the most important game on our schedule. Why? Because it's the next game, the next man up. I hear you, Denard, and this is going to be a fun three-game stretch down the line as we get to see how the playoffs are going to shake out, get ready for really just some opponents that – I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it, but it's just going to be some fun football to watch, which is what – we can just always hope for and I don't know about you but I mean as we get closer to the playoffs I kind of have that taste in my mouth of wanting to get back to the AFC championship and seeing if we can get to the next step but I mean hopefully we've seen two different Titans teams in the past two weeks 
So a lot of it just depends on which one of those teams decides to show up. And it'll be worth keeping an eye on. And Denard and I will be here to keep you posted. But that is going to wrap it up for us today. Denard, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. Uh, and I'll say this right now. I want to say congratulations, of course, to King Henry. But I would also like to say congratulations to James Robinson. Uh, if anybody out there is a football connoisseur, uh, James Robertson, number 30 today, remember that name because he became the fourth undrafted rookie free agent running back to rush for a thousand yards in his rookie year. And he also surpassed Dominic Rose. I know Dominic Rose very well because I know what college he played for. And you don't, Davey, do you? Can't say that I do, Denard. <laughs> Midwestern State. He played with my brother, so that's how I know him real good. He played for the coach with Peyton Manning, your boy at the University of Tennessee, and he basically ran for the most scrimmage yards by an undrafted rookie since Dominic Rose, 1,357 yards. So Jacksonville, Duval County, you got a special, special back. He reminds me a lot of Terrell Davis, so don't look at this 1-12 record. Don't give up on this team. There's better days ahead, especially when you got players like this. Yeah, and I'm going to say this before I go, Mac Jones, don't hate Davey. Don't I'm not going to hate. hate. I'm just going to get us out of this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I, I would like to say, yeah, that is one of the bright spots for Jacksonville, having undrafted rookie James Robinson come in and do well. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.